Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. This is the podcast that adds value to leaders by helping you improve performance using process improvement solutions with bottom line results. My name is Patrick Adams, and this season, I'll be joined by three other amazing hosts, including Catherine McDonald from Ireland, Andy Ulrich from Australia, and Shane Doffendahl from the United States. Join us as we bring you guests and experiences of lean practitioners from all over the world. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Lean Solution Podcast, led by your host Catherine McDonald and myself, Andy Ulrich. How's it going, Catherine? Great, Andy. Really good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Good to see you again. So super exciting today. We've got our guest Don Watson with us today. And we're going to be talking about creating a people-first lean culture. So envision a workplace where every voice matters. Your ideas flourish and collaboration thrives. A people-first lean culture, look, it's not just a methodology. It's a commitment to nurturing the talents and aspirations of each team member. Together, we reframe the conventional narrative, placing humanity at the core of our journey and towards excellence. So get ready to witness the transformative magic that unfolds when people take centre stage in the pursuit of lean and sustainable success. And as I said, today we are joined by Don Watson. Catherine, tell us a bit more about Don. Yes, I would love to, Andy. So Don is a highly experienced and passionate problem solver with a BS in business operations and diverse certificates. He boasts a successful career in HR, people management, process improvement and IT. Founding two businesses and a nonprofit, he collaborated with major entities like the State of Michigan, Michigan Blue Cross Blue Shield, and Comerica Bank. Specializing in healthcare and HR finance transactions, Don excels in lead, leading complex projects and teams, and he's praised for fostering innovation. His expertise includes identifying process and system gaps, and he's recently embraced lean principles, particularly tools like Kata and this is for continuous improvement. Don's legacy lies in driving positive change where the work is done, most importantly. So welcome to the show, Don. Well, thank you, Catherine and Andy. It's great to be here. So thanks for having me on. Great to have you here, mate. Sure, no, no problem. So Don, would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself? So we, we heard in your bio that you have worked across large organizations, across nonprofits, and you also work with some small businesses. And actually, what would be really interesting to look at, I think, is the adoption of lean in small or small to medium businesses, because this is something it's something we're very interested in. And we've spoken about before as well, but um, it's not something you hear a lot about. So would you like to tell us a little bit what you think about lean in small businesses and why is the adoption so slow sometimes in small businesses? Yeah, Catherine, it's really great. Um, my career has been really varied and really sketchy um, in the sense that, you know, I have moved from the large organizations uh, like a Michigan Blue Cross and Blue Shield in my early part of my career. And, you know, my degree was business problem solving, so to speak, operations, but it was a business degree. It was not a traditional uh, operations management degree. Well, in big companies, there's resources dedicated to problem solving. And we've Many lean practitioners see that and experience it, and you have time to do a Kaizen and you have time to you know, make big efforts to problem solve. Well, in small business, which is where the two businesses that I had in the nonprofit dealt, were very small. So today I'm in the plant of a small business that I work in. There's three people on one hand, you might call it 15 if we include our sales, extended sales force. 
Well, the resources to get things done are super small. So even though I'm here as a part-time lean practitioner and doing e-commerce and today I'm cutting pipe and you know, you do whatever is needed. And I think the challenge for small businesses, they don't need it any less. The problems are just as big. The resources are not as plentiful and balancing that time, you know, getting a Pareto in front of a business owner to say, this is what is important is really hard for them to focus on because everything to them is important. The order going out today is important. So and that, that's sort of a nutshell of, Yes, big companies problem solved there, but then now doing small business, um, I'm fortunate. I've met hundreds of small business owners and they all struggle. And I wouldn't say I have a huge track record of like crazy success because in a three person organization, how do you, what do you claim exactly? Right. I mean, every day you're making improvements. That's great. And I, it's, it's great that you've had those two contrasts with the, the larger corporations and then small business. For me, it's it, it's really great to see how scalable lean and, and those methodologies are. So whether it's the large one to the to the small one, you've you've walked the, the path in both and you and you're seeing it work. So that's that's great, Don. And what do you think in in when you're trying to go into organizations and, and they may not be familiar with lean? Um, what do you think? With all the people that are around in the lean space and are seen as smart or experts, why is do you feel that lean is easy to learn, or do you find that it can be quite complex and, and potentially unlean uh, when you go through and try and <laughs> yes. learn yourself or educate others? Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in that? Yeah, that's a mouthful. There's probably three or four things I'd comment on, but the unlean learning. I just, so my lean journey, truth be told, my lean journey started with the senior executive for Michigan Hospital Association here in Michigan, who sat down and wanted my math, healthcare, finance background. And he started using lean terms that I didn't know, but I acted like I knew. Oh, current state, future state. Well, looking back, I pretended to know, because how hard is that? Current state. Well, that's right now right? The truth is he was developing entire lean processes. And here in Michigan, there's been a huge uptick in, you know, lean adoption around healthcare. And that would have been the forefront. That would have been oh, 2009, 10, 11, something like that. And he was super great, really generous with his time. I could have spent a lot of time with him to, to really learn and get involved in lean, but that didn't happen. It wasn't until 17, um, 2017 that I took a Villanova Greenbelt class. And I'm not entirely certain how that happened, honestly. I just took it. And because of my continuous improvement and lifetime learning perspective, it just felt like natural, like, oh, okay. And I'm learning all these things about like the waste walk. Ooh. I put terms and words to things that I had done. Uh, I just wish I had had them earlier. So in 17, I do that. And it's a little scattered. And then in 18, I do some more. And I sign up for a, um, senior classes at the local university that has a really good lean program. So it's, um, you know, graduate level classes. And they talked a lot about, you know, change management, communication, and critical thinking, and these kinds of things, which was really great. But as I worked through it, I, I we had the opportunity to meet with the chief, chief scientist at GM came and spoke to our class. 
And he starts using all of these terms. We could tell they were lean terms, but he didn't use any of the lean terms. Right? Okay, I'm, I'm a little older than your average student age, maybe. <laughs> and I ask, why aren't you saying Gemba? Or why aren't you saying whatever it is, waste walk or visual mapping? Or Oh, we don't do that. I said, but you're here in a lean class. I mean, I guess I ask the awkward questions, you know, because I've had experiences in life that say, you know, the obvious don't have mysteries. Um, and so he did say, well, yeah, we're a totally lean company. That's what we do. But you had to unmask it. And that, I just remember that day as a pivotal moment in my mind thinking, why is lean so unlean? And this is a conversation I've had with Patrick and locally in Michigan, I really want to push consultants and the MLC to do more to reach small business. And I think when we make it difficult to see the value of it, because we disguise it, GM doesn't use the word lean, but they're lean. Well, a small business that serves GM isn't going to understand that lean was the reason their supplier quality audit came and needed answers, right? So I've done some supplier quality audits and small business wonder, well, what are they going to ask? Well, if they were lean trained, there wouldn't be any question. It's like, well, yeah, this is what we're going to ask. This is what we're looking for. Do you have operations? Do you have process? Are your people integrated? Do you have mission strategy? Do you, all that. But Andy, I took a very long time to answer your question. I hope that was sort of- Fantastic answer. Lean is, lean is very unlean. And yes. I just laugh at that, right? I mean- Yeah, best coach I had used to use the phrase lean by stealth, uh, especially with new places is actually- you drop the words on them later if you yeah, if you're going to take them there. Otherwise, it's yeah, make it relate to the language, and they go, oh yeah, we oh that's what yeah we're already yeah that's okay. Well, we do that. We call it this. So yeah, it's a yeah great great insight. Thank you. I I told yeah, you. I know I'm I, I know I'm flying against the conventional wisdom, which is yeah, adapt what you need. I get that, but relative to people trying to understand where success can come from. Why hide that? Why why hide that? I get it. Use whatever language. But at the top, the top line, bottom line, somewhere, somewhere we should be broadcasting. Lean is the reason for your successes. Period. Right? Like just say that. But anyway, that's just me. I, I kind of I hear your your struggles and I've worked a lot in the let's say retail and, and service industry as well as nonprofit and I see the struggles with time and resources and uh, people see lean as something big, something extra that they do on top of their workload. And I suppose, you know, I would have always said it's not, and there's a way to do it that it's not, but they struggle even, even to do the little bits of training in lean mindset and lean tools and techniques takes time. So it, it does seem like a little bit of extra work at the start. So I'm wondering what, you do, Don, when you go into an organization like a small or small to medium organization, how do you get around that? So we know when you've told us about the barriers and um, the language, language is different in every industry. Uh, how do we get around that? How do we get around the, the time, the, the resources? How, how do we bring lean to small businesses in light of these revelations, I guess? Another mouthful, not a lot of question. I, I think the short answer for me, and then I'll give you a little bit of detail. The short answer is you show up. This is a people business and the businesses we serve are people. I mean, your introduction, spot on. I love Patrick for that. I think he waves that banner. It's about people. Well, 
you know, some of the successes I have had have been partnering with some of the consulting firms that bring me on from time to time. So I'm ubiquitous. I work for anybody whenever, doesn't matter. So they bring me in, I do a project and in the middle of the project, it's a very technical problem solving, Six Sigma. I'm really more of an add-on, a help. So I go into this um, plant and the Lean Six Sigma lead is really dove into the mechanics of the system and documenting and visualization. And it's really fabulous A to watch because I'm reasonably new and he's a 40 year, 30 year veteran. So it's really fabulous. But I pick up on the people end of what's happening. And we got there from the CEO. And at some point I start getting kata groups together around a particular problem. And it's not any problem I have, it's the problem they have. And one of my favorite activities is bringing those silos together. And that's exactly what we did. We set, you know, we didn't set, I was talking to the quality person and then it was the shop floor soup. And then it was, you know, a, another operations person. And then it was, I don't even remember who, you know, the plant um, production engineer, I think. They had similar issues, but related and founded from other perspectives. And I just simply got them together, used a whiteboard, a small plant floor whiteboard, and laid out a kata discussion. And if you're familiar with it, which I think intuitively everybody's familiar with it, right? It's four things. What do you want to do? What do you think will happen? Go do it, right? So when you say that to people, and that's the first time you show up, and that's all they know about you, and you say, what do you want to do? Well, I want to fix fill in the blank. And then you say, okay, what do you expect to have happen? If you don't do that step, I think you really miss out because that's where the learning starts. What am I going to do? Well, I think this is what's going to happen. Okay. All right. And they've probably tried to solve it a hundred times, right? We've all been there. And then the next step is to come back, you know, in this project that I was on, I said, okay, well, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, when do we want to try it again? A supervisor, which I love this. When do we want to come back? When are you going to try that? Well, can we meet again at noon? Right? An hour? Like a lot of us think, and this was a small business, quite a few employees, but still small. And that's how they roll, right? They want something right now. So that was real effectively uh, what I did is I just stayed tuned. Okay, what are we going to solve? You want to come back at noon? Can everybody make it? Great. You have to phone it in. That's fine. And then, all right, what actually happened? What'd you learn? I, I think that's why I love Kata so much because it doesn't take any effort to you know, do the two things, solve a problem and teach a new skill that everybody can go do. And it's, it is why from a people perspective, um, I do love that, so. It's, yeah, it's, it's so important. Any of the organizations that I've been involved in or we see doing well, when they deploy lean or they bring people in and, and start to, to give them some training and things, it starts with the people. And it's about this, this is about people. You've got the, the principles around risk, the key one, respect for people. And it's really when you're trying to build that awareness and desire. Yeah. Hey, this is about you. This is, this is really about developing and, and helping you be successful. And yes, it, it'll look after our jobs and things like that. So it's a really good insight. And as you said, you tune into Okay, there's the technical aspect, but your your antennas are on for the people side of things. It's like, how can we get the people buy in? It's it's such a uh, it's such a powerful way to to get the ball rolling. Or so, I guess just off the back of that, when we're talking about people, um, 
how how do you navigate i guess that that balance between the people side of things but then there's the technical aspect how how do you sort of get your head around when you go into an organization you're teaching the trade of land for example um how do we get the people still feeling connected to it when you do have to bring them into the technical, you know, the, some of the crunchy stuff? Yeah. So I think the organizations that at least that I've dealt with, they have the special intelligence smarts. They need to solve the problem. So it's not that they don't know what they're doing. It's just that they haven't come together. I particularly mentioned this earlier, you know, silo busting is something that I love to do. Uh, and I've been doing it for a long time because that was true when I did, you know, you know, EDI feeds back in the 80s and the 90s. Like, how do you get this data to work? How do you get people to conform to one? Field three has to be a letter, A, B, or C, pick one. And they would argue for hours, right? It should be A, it should be B, it should be C. Well, I didn't need to know which one. I just needed to know that this is the field we're talking about and we need to solve it. And then, you know, you fast forward to like the example where I was on the shop floor in the Kata example, or I'm here in this shop floor. You know, people want to, they want to be heard, right? So like I'm in a small business, and kind of going a long way to answer your question. I'm in a small business, paper uh, finisher. So they had a big die press that cut um, like a four foot by four foot, wasn't quite that dimension. And they die press cut these pieces and uh, i walked up his name was matt super great guy i walk up to matt i was kind of loose in the building knew the owner and he said go do something useful okay so i go visit with matt well matt had a machine that had about two feet maybe three feet to the side of his machine to the wall where he had a lot of different tools that he needed to set up his machine so every time he would do a setup he'd have to kind of rummage so I said, well, Matt, what, uh, you know, I mean, this is a lean trick. You already know what's going to happen, right? Right? Catherine's nodding. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I asked him, well, you know, how, how could we help you be a little better? And people just aren't used to that, right? They're just, I mean, that's so simple. It's stupid. Um, so he, like, had some idea about his board, some sort of a, looked like a draftsman's board. It wasn't that, but some way for him to, to manipulate some of what he wanted. I said, well, what would, what would better be? What do you want to do? And he said a couple things. And this was back in 2017 or 18. I'm just getting my legs underneath me. And uh, he made a couple suggestions and something I'd heard from class or some lean class, something was go do it. So I did. I went to the store, got what I needed. And over lunch came back and said, is this close or how can we? And he was floored. He was floored. It was probably a year or two later or over a year or two. And he'd text me, hey, how are you doing? And I was like, what? <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> it is, it is, it is fun stories. But I got to say, I mean, I think in the small business world, I'm probably 50-50 with success. And that's really frustrating, you know, to go in and know that you could do these kinds of things, but there's no, as I'll, you know, there's no narrative in the culture and the communities. Of what, it, what does that look like? You know, so... To answer your question a little bit further, Andy, how do I make that happen? One of the, the favorite things I have is I have a set of rules. And a top rule is no blame. So I'm a Christian fellow. 
Catholic fellow, and I love my faith. My faith has taught me a lot about people, right? We're all soulful creatures, and so why wouldn't you use that around work, right? Identify with with people, and um, so if you have no blame, people will always say, like I put that up there, like they get to put their own rules, but I have some. I'll put no blame, and immediately people will be like, well, no, you, I. What if there's something wrong? Joe, Bob, Anne Marie, Tim, Alan, some they, somebody's fault, and especially in small business, they rotate people because somebody's at fault. And what I do is I I try to get after them and say, first of all, you don't come in planning to do a bad day, right? These are lean languages. This is right, and they'll agree. And I said, so do you want to be blamed for something you did your best at? No. Okay, so what is the barrier that gets in the way of us moving forward? Because if we're doing blame, so this is a hobby, but I like doing, are, are you ready? I like doing like a waste walk on people's thinking. So what is blame? Blame is rework. We're going to take that issue. We're going to, I'm going to blame Andy. Andy's going to defend and then he's going to blame Catherine. And, and we just rework that. We don't get at anything. There's no root cause. There's no discussions. And that's just human nature. And so I put up, look, what's the root of blame? Are you ready? Drum roll. It's pride. Individual selfish pride. I don't want to lose my job. Well, there's a lot to that. I'm really good at what I do. I like what I do. I've been doing it a long time. All these things that we always hear. And so by putting blame up first, really long way of answering for Andy, you know, blame, pride is to me the root cause of teams not getting along. And that's super easy to fix. Super easy to fix because people will agree. They don't want to be blamed. So like this little shop here. I've been here since 2018. We have a really good culture that way. We're not making great things happen but we underlying like the other day we were talking about the e-commerce site that i run and we were talking about and i was the first one to say why are we not getting the level of sales we want what is happening and so you throw that out and now what am i doing i'm putting my ego my pride i'm the one who's developed pushed created been doing it when you do that now you get this open transparent everything that we love about lean that's why sunlight. Andy, very good question. A very long way of answering it. Sorry. Don, that's why you're here, mate. We want to hear from you. And yeah, your lived experience yeah. is what you do. So I'd roll on. Roll on. Catherine. Yeah, really great approach. I mean, I love the fact that you're all about it's almost people, it has to be people first because it's people that develop processes and it's people that improve the business. So it has to be people first when you think about it. And I suppose not a lot of people realize that about lean it's almost famous for the tools still after all these years it's the tools that people think about first and it's so closely linked to to leadership and to, to people development and we really need to emphasize that you know anyone practicing in the area I suppose really needs to emphasize that don't they that it really is it's people first it's it's 
coaching, like you mentioned, Don, it's all of those things that we have to get the system set up to make sure we can use the lean tools and and get our processes working right and remove the waste. But if we don't have the systems and we don't have the people, you know, all those other things kind of are useless. So I love the fact that you focus so much on on people development. I think the, the waste walk on people's thinking. So that's that's already a key takeaway for me, Don. I, I think Say that again, Andy. Lean and continuous improvement tools and methods can help in that space. I just this is me on the fly now, right? Um, is if you've got people trying to work out how they could you know approach a problem or they want to understand something in a little bit more detail, or they yeah, they're thinking themselves, why aren't I seeing myself as successful? That's where the processes, the tools, the coaching and, and what sits behind it can really help people declutter where do I start or how can I maybe present this in a way that, that people will get it or how can I get the team to look. So, again, I think there's a lean and the, and the, the tools and methodologies do reduce a lot of waste and complexity with how a team might approach a problem seven different ways and say, hey, why don't we just try this or why don't something like Carter, you know, let's just simple questions yeah hang on i'm out of the clouds now what is let's let's just try this and i think that's a fantastic term and i'm going to steal that don because I, I i connected with that well so good stuff good talk hey everyone i am sorry to interrupt this episode of the lean solutions podcast but i wanted to take a moment to introduce you to our company lean solutions we exist to empower and equip people for positive change we do this through our three pillars, which include training and development, coaching and consulting, and talent solutions. Whether you have specific areas for improvement or you're not really sure where to start, we can build tailored solutions and provide resources to meet your needs. Send us an email at office at findleansolutions.com to begin your journey towards transformation. Now, back to the show. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you mentioned... Um what just bringing you back to the fact that you know this just do it attitude and I, I totally agree with that and I think it I, bringing us back to small businesses that they, they don't they're so caught up in the moment they're so reactive because they're so busy and they don't have resources to put loads of people in different departments and get them working on innovation and you know whatever they just don't have that so I do think this whole idea of just delegating authority more, which is really what you're talking about when you go in and you say to somebody, what do you what do you want to do here? What's the problem? What's what do you think the solution is? OK, just do it. How can we get organizations to do more of that? How can we get people to understand that this is possible? It's possible to just go in, reflect, look at what you're doing and do it differently. So how do we bring that teaching in more into lean as well in, in the work that we're all doing and even leaders in organizations are doing? How do we get that message across? you know, this works doing it this way. Yeah, I think it's things like this, like the podcast, the Lean Solutions Summit, MLC, which is the Michigan Lean Consortium here in, in Michigan. Um, I think it's things like that. I think, you know, I, like I said at the beginning, if we can get more companies to say, we have different language, but we're using all the lean methodology, right? So yeah. GM, I get it. They're not going to go, yeah, we're a TPS shop. Yeah, probably not. Right. They're not going to say that, but they will say, I mean, as that GM exec did, yeah, we're, we're a lean shop. I think that helps because small business, they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, they're floundering. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways. And I think the people thing, 
is really super important as we've already talked about and you know had some examples i like the tools uh, the reason i got my six sigma wasn't to think i was going to be the expert that was with me on this other project right I, he, he blew me out of the water but it was to have an understanding and i think if more people had a deeper understanding of the tools and how to use them because i know that um I, I do have a lot of examples. I was uh, helping a school leadership team. Um, anyway, and so I used Kata and we did 15 minute meetings every day, oh, maybe four days a week. And we did these little short sessions and then we went and met. So Catherine, another long explanation here for the same story. But, you know, in small business, you have to kind of get the backstory a little bit. So we all got together, we did a, we flew to a common site and location and, and we visited and we visited for a weekend. And as we were approaching that sort of, and this is the lean learning, right? We know that there's the whole norming, storming, performing, right? Well, that's really, really true. And it's great language, right? So we got to the storming part and I had even told them, I knew myself, the exec sitting in the room why don't we want execs in a room? So anybody listening that's trying to check out what a, what should they do? If you're an executive and you're looking at, oh, I want to participate. Yes, you should participate. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. This exec participated. It was great. I just said up front, you know, just lay back. Because if you say something, that will be the new end result. Well, sure enough, as we got into the storming and there was disagreement and just all that friction around people thinking, and I've got the right answer. And it was very exciting because I could see it coming. And then there was this pause, which is what we needed, right? The people side of things, you know that's gonna happen. There's a pause. The person, the leader jumped in. This is the answer. And that was the end. And I'm like, oh, that's so dissatisfying. Because I knew you know, what the group could do would have been better. And they all went there to do something together. And what they got was they didn't need to do anything, right? Just go point. And, uh, you know, my personal journey, I think that that's probably the most, that's really the most delightful part of what's happened to me personally in the lean journey. So I had two businesses and a nonprofit. I was used to and grew up out of the kind of, I've always led things, dictatorial sort of, I'm in charge, top down, boom. So I start seeing some of this lean stuff and I have to start thinking. And then I'm in an OU class. This is the local university. I'm in the graduate class. And I noticed one day they were like poking at me and not in a good way, you know? And so I asked the teacher and I said, well, you know, we're learning about leadership doesn't mean you dictate command and control. And I had to really think about that because it's been around a while. And now when I see it, I see the evidence of like, yeah, that's not so good. We should, we really shouldn't be doing that. So the message, Catherine, back to, you know, the small business owners, small business groups, definitely do it. Learn lean, learn it from somebody who's teaching the legit language so you don't get lost. Because that's what happened with me as I'd go down a rabbit hole and I'd be like, what are they talking about? And then two hours later, I'd be like, oh, well, that's this stuff. Why didn't they just say that? Um, and so I think for small business and for owners and leaders, 
they they definitely would be well served to adopt it. It doesn't completely answer your question, but we're in the ballpark. Just one thing I'll pick up in there, another great real-life example, Don, is around when you the importance of the coaching for the leadership as well. In places come in, so I want you to deploy lean with my teams or get them up to speed. And but when you get into that moment where you are really using that people centered approach and the tools are teasing, they're actually confident and speaking up and sharing their insights and of what they think. And then a leader jumps in and goes, Well, actually, that's you can tell it kind of makes them a bit nervous and then they'll jump in and make the captain's call and go, oh, no, no. well, that's thanks for that, everybody, but we're going over here uh, at the end of all of that. So, again, people first. Remember why we're here and you need to leave your your badge at the door or your rank at the door in a lot of these sessions because if you give them a voice, the people are maybe going to bring some scary things to the surface and you have to... Don't stop there. Let them yeah, continue to go through and get over that tipping point to let them try a few things to, to demonstrate that, oh, yeah, maybe they do know what they're talking about and I'm the one that that had the blinkers on because this is my small business and my father's before me and my father before me. That And, it's it, yeah, it's that they can struggle to let go and that's where I find in some of the interactions I have um, in the past is, you get them to that point where we've finally got them on board. We've got all these silos broken and people are talking and then you give a debrief or an exec comes in or an owner comes in and then they go, no, no, I don't agree with that. Um, Thanks anyway. And it's like, okay, well, my work here is done. I I can't, (laughs) how can I draw this out? So I think, and people listening to this podcast, I'm sure they, if they're either sitting in that position of finally speaking up and being shut down or, yeah, I've lived that and, and I won't do that again because now I truly connect with what lean is all about. It's about people and and if we're getting away from that, there's trouble. So fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you, Don. Yeah, getting people to either ourselves, you know, for me to get past my own personal struggle was to listen. You know, really listen. Keep your mouth shut and listen. So it's kind of a weird thing to be on a podcast and be a guest. <laughs> well, we're supposed to listen. What, to podcasts, what, what so. do I got to say? But, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think really from the perspective of, you know, I, I think if we looked around us culturally, at least in the U.S., we have so many fires burning between people. They're so unnecessary, right? I mean, one of the reasons I put up some rules is one of the rules is, you know, we're, we're going to have no mysteries, a.k.a. We're going to find the truth. Now, an operator knows the truth. You know, the bandsaw I was just using a little bit ago, it was acting up and I got, I mean, okay, well, what are you going to lie about that? You're going to, you can't, there's no mystery. That machine, for whatever reason, was acting up. Me, it, what I was doing, trying, what it was doing. It doesn't matter. And I think we delude ourselves. And so the challenge for a small business is get, like you said, Andy, get the feedback from the people and then trust that they're not lying to you and cheating you or they're trying to fib you. I mean, that does happen and, and you've got to root that out, but that's different. That's a whole different. I get a um, workplace short story that's educational, I think, is I have a partner at another consulting firm who's a PhD in brain science. 
way he labels himself. So we went in and did a two week, are you ready? Culture change <laughs> in two weeks. We both laughed. <laughs> like, really? We're going to do a culture change in two weeks, right? Entire companies spend years, <laughs> don't get anywhere. So what we did is he met with the C-suite, as did I, but he led the C-suite. And then I was shop floor with Kata. And what we did is we used Kata in the C-suite with them to show them how it worked and to see them struggle with practicing it, which I don't know if you've ever used it. It is a struggle to practice because you're kind of holding a few things in mind and you're going this way and they're going that way and you're trying to go ahead. And I mean, for anybody who's facilitated it, it's not uncommon, but for a leader who maybe is that old curmudgeon like I was, you know, it's time to let that go. Kata in the boardroom works really well. And we just rotated. Every time we met, which was a couple times a day, we rotated who was in charge of the board. And you could see the look on their face. Now, what do I say? And I would just, you're going to say this. I'm going to read you this. You're going to say that. And it's really, once they do it, three times, four times. So at the end of the two weeks, it was really spectacular. At one point, uh, I was leading a warehouse problem. And I didn't meet with executives. I only met with the warehouse people and we formed a plan. And then I, we announced this is what we wanted to do was show how Kata works. So the C-suite people came down. It was, I don't, it's actually a plant of a big company, 200 people, maybe 150. Anyway, so here we are doing um, a Kata problem solving on the shop floor in the warehouse. And they had 800 pallets all mixed up, out of place, not organized well. I didn't study it. I didn't have to because they knew. I relied on them to know the answers. And uh, it was it was a result I didn't expect. We met, I think it was three times, maybe four. Might have been five, but I don't think so. We were only there two weeks, so it was very fast. And there was the C-suite standing there, supervisors standing there. There were other shop people. There were their own team. Who else? Us. Very intimidating. Could have been, right? And I just said, okay, we're going to just follow our rules. We, I said, do talk up because it's crowded. And they made a, a little plan. And everybody was like, that's it? I mean, we did it. We do these in 10 or 12 minutes. Very quick. Very quick. So we, we uh, met. And then the next time we met, a little bit of progress, a little bit of progress. And then there was... Even after a, just a few meetings, there was a bit of an aha. And some of the management was like, well, we talked about that. And I was like, just go over there. <laughs> Stop talking. You know what I mean? Stop talking. Just go over there. And my compadre was there kind of shuffling them to the side, like, no, just go over there. And uh, it was really great because then I don't remember what the total volume was, but this was a... Um, an inventory warehouse reselling. So inventory stuck at the warehouse meant it couldn't get it on the system to sell. It was a big deal. And I don't remember the number. It was six figures of some sort. And we cleared that, that we, they cleared it in three or four days. Everybody was shocked. How did you do that? Well, you saw it. They did it. I didn't do anything. So the power of just stopping, pausing, looking, listening and it, 
Yeah, it, it, it is, you, you make it sound so simple, but for a lot of organizations, that is a culture change to do that because they just don't do it. But um, you do make it sound so simple, John. I do? Oh, geez. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Great story. Yeah, yeah just get the uh, how to practice guide. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing for me for, you know. Yeah. If that's all I did for the next 20 years, I'd be a happy guy. Yeah, I mean, you did say that's one of the most applicable, I suppose, tools of lean that organize, any organization can use, really. But I suppose they're just not doing it. But it is simple enough to take and to practice, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think. And what I, you know, again, I mentioned I was a faith guy. Uh, you know, there's a Catholic word called subsidiarity. And it's lean. Go to where the work is. It's identical. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Go listen to people. Don't here. Let's do a bit of role play here. Okay. Say again. I am, I, I am a leader in a small business, large business, <laughs> whatever. And I know it. I've got it. We're going okay. We're not world world's best, but I'm pretty happy with where things are. But there's a couple of strange things happening out there. People leaving. We may not. Um, you know, there's a bit of murmurs from the the other the leadership that something's not going right. You walk in and you say, "Ha, I'm Don." Hey, Andy, I'm Don, and you need Carter. And I say to you, what is it? You've got 20 seconds to tell me what Carter is. I, I would just say, Andy, what kept you up last night? So go ahead. Give me, you should oh. say Catherine and her shop kept me up last night. <laughs> oh, everything, yeah. I've just, I think, I think there's something coming and, yeah, the people aren't happy, but... Hey, I'll just I just need to get I'm just trying to work out how I'm gonna go down there and and tell them how to do that to do it, get it back on track. So when's the last time you walked on the shop floor? Oh, I haven't got time for that. So how many of your people that you have on the shop floor do you know by first name? Most of them. The ones that've been here a while. We've got some people who come and go, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Don, what is what what, what are you getting to, mate? What is this Carter? Help me. So we're going to walk out on the floor and we're going to go find where your shipping production process problem is that you want to talk about. And then we're going to just roll a board up in front of a small team that you think could solve a problem today. You pick. Make it a hard one or an easy one. I don't care. All right. So that, thank you, because that that's really what you've just done there for me is I'll show you, you know, we could, we could stand here and talk about it. We're going to go and do, and that that's, it's a real learn by doing piece for everybody, isn't it? Carter, if they're not familiar with it, it's, I could try and explain this to you and talk about tools and things, but at the end of the day, let's just go and let's go and see. So I think, thank you for that. That was a bit off the cuff there, but I, I was really, for those out there who may not be familiar with Carter or, or understand how they could just, just get started. So fantastic. Thanks, Don. Well done. Yeah, just jump in. Don, did you want to say something about, I think you've um, a summit coming up that you were going to tell us a little bit about. I think it's you were talking about trying to create a lean standard, am I right? Is there something to that effect that you were working on in the background? So Patrick and I and a few of the other consultants in the lean community in Michigan have talked. And in order to reach more people, uh, more small business, we need more people, more resources, more consultants available to go do work. So there's to marry that, 
there has to be an expectation of what are they going to deliver. And that was on Patrick and I's mind. In fact, Andy, I think that came up in the mastermind group as well. And I, I think uh, I think that's a really important direction. I know Shingo, you know, has a lot of standards. Uh, AME has a lot of standards. I don't know what your um, countries might be doing differently, but uh, I think developing standards for practice to be able to say to an owner, here's what you can expect. We're going to come in and solve a problem, whatever those problems are, and then put them into buckets. And then who is good at those buckets? And uh, so Michigan Lean in March is uh, having in to speak kind of a, a political hero. Um, he's running an organization called Small Business Association of Michigan, and they have hundreds of small business. And he's coming to speak in March with the intention, you know, to try to build a relationship so that he can say to his members, the MLC has people available to help you solve your problems. And we've had people on the board uh, in or around the MLC that have said, well, I'm working full time, but I'd help. So isn't that great? I mean, and that's been my experience. The, the lean community, my experience of the lean community is there are people invested personally and professionally to help people. I mean, what motivates me is I know I can change life at work for people. Why would I not do that? Right. And the bottom line for a small business might be more profit. Why would I not? Do what? Yeah. Taking people's stress away, making life easier, not just work easier. Yeah. There's so much of that to think about. That, that sounds amazing. And good luck with that. And I hope you get some results out of that. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll all be following Patrick because he's he's a industry leader, which is really great. It's so great to be part of that community that you talk about. Like I'm down here in, in Australia, but I'm connected to what what you're talking about, and it's just fantastic to see. And it's an example for other regions to follow. Is yeah, that when we talk about standards in lean, there is a lot of um, non-standardized ways of how people do it. So I think that's some good value in that and really looking forward to it and good on you don for um being a part of that so this you know that really that really just started from saying things like lean is on lean right if we if we all start using the same language you know i was i came out of the hr business very technical right super technical everybody likes their paycheck right <laughs> so mistakes are really not good well because of that standards in lean would go a long way towards making things better. You know, Henry Ford did it. Um, Toyota did it. It's great organizations have done um, what are standards. And the standard, having standards there, but they're still um, able to be, um, I guess, shaped for the type of business you're in as well. So there's that, there is that, you know, the central core of it, but there is some flexibility there to, to apply. And again, any industry or process that you have, whether it be on the shop floor or, or in the HR space or finance. So Don, it's been fantastic to talk to you, mate. And we, Catherine, I really appreciate you coming on and we certainly want to follow your journey from here on. And, and for people listening, if you want to uh, connect with Don, learn more about Don, there'll be some links to his uh, LinkedIn and an email and things in the, in the bio. Catherine, have you got any 
thing you'd like to say at the end of this? Just No, just thanks a million. It was really interesting to hear your story and really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks, Don, and stay in touch. Catherine, Andy, it was a pleasure and uh, pass my regards along to Patrick and the whole team. So Fantastic. Thanks. Thanks, Don. All right. Ciao, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.